1: details. Today in Science from Wired
0: How this teeny tiny sea critter punches like Mike Tyson Using a camera, shooting 300,000 frames per second Researchers catch the amphipod snapping its extraordinarily powerful claw By Matt Simon At less than a quarter inch long This amphipod, which is a crustacean that looks a little bit like a shrimp, it lives a pretty leisurely life just sifting through algae up and down the east coast. Or so they thought. See, it's superficially a leisurely life, as scientists have just discovered. Male amphipods have this massive claw that can be more than a third of its mass, and when he snaps it in less than a ten thousandth of a second... It marshals a supercharged jet of water to let you know he ain't happy. And for the first time, and thanks to a $150,000 camera that shoots 300,000 frames per second, researchers have captured a male amphipod doing this. This slap is so violent that it's almost enough to explode the animal. Yeah. So, if you're anything like me, you're probably wondering, hmm, what do I have to do to experimentally piss off a male amphipod? Or, I guess if you want to get all sciencey about it, it's the species Dulicella appendiculata. Well... I'll tell you what you have to do. In the lab, at least, the researchers glued toothpicks to the animals' backs and then attached the toothpicks to quote-unquote micro manipulators, which are these devices that allowed them to precisely position the amphipods. And all they had to do was dangle a single hair from a paintbrush close to these critters, you know, just violating their personal space, and then snap. Sheila Patek is a biologist at Duke University and the co-author on this paper, and she says so they're clearly using it in an aggressive context. And once they fired up this ultra-high-speed camera they bought for $150,000, Sheila and her colleagues basically made the invisible suddenly visible. She actually says, in a way, it's almost magical. Because, you see, before, you might only hear... Or maybe feel an amphipod snap if you had one in a tray, not if you were eyeballing one in the wild. And Sheila says, but then to get this whole thing in focus and beautifully lit, suddenly you can see this little appendage filling the screen, loading, and then snapping. And the critical part of that appendage, which is more formally called a nathopod, that part is called a dactyl. There's an image of this thing on Wired's website for this article, And if you look at it, you'll see it's this long blade-like structure at the top of the claw. And for context here, when you're looking at it, that's no thicker than a human hair. Now, to make it snap, the amphipod contracts a muscle, cocking back that dactyl and storing an incredible amount of energy. And Patek and her colleagues need to do more work to fully understand the morphology of how the snap works, but it's likely that there's a latch that keeps the dactyl in place, and when the animal's ready to snap, it releases the latch, and that suddenly releases the claw's stored-up energy. Sheila says, And then, when we looked even further, we're like, Wait, there's a water jet coming out of there. Now, more specifically, the force of the claw snap seems to be pushing water at an oblique angle instead of shooting it perfectly straight ahead. And Sheila goes on to say, And then... Oh my gosh, every once in a while, the water jet seems to cause cavitation, which is the formation of these vapor bubbles, which happens when you have flow at these extraordinary speeds. When these tiny cavitation bubbles collapse, they explode, unleashing a blast of energy. And this force, it's so powerful, in fact, that when bow propellers create their own cavitation bubbles, over time, the force just chews away at the metal of the blade. So in other words, the amphipod is doing a one-two punch. The jet of water is itself extremely powerful, and that's followed by the explosive bubbles releasing their own energy. And it's all just so violent. I'm surprised the amphipod itself doesn't explode. And Sheila says there are good reasons why that doesn't happen. She says there's a really cool intersection here of not blowing up, being able to store enough energy, materials science-wise, and also the fluid dynamics. Okay, Sheila. So let's go through those points. Now when it comes to fluid dynamics, aquatic creatures as tiny as the amphipod are up against some pretty serious forces. Sheila says to them the water is like honey. If you're going to try to capture prey when you're this size, if you're going to swim up to it or move slowly to it, you literally push the prey away from you. You actually can't reach it. So as a workaround, these little critters use high acceleration. So think about how jellyfish use their stingers. They're loaded with nematocysts, which are these specialized cells that accelerate tiny barbs into those unfortunate enough to come into contact with them. And this is still the highest known acceleration in the animal kingdom. Sheila says they're basically going so fast they can transition out of the honey realm and into the water realm. And that enables the stinging cells to actually touch the prey instead of pushing it away. The amphipod has to do the same thing, to somehow get the dactyl to accelerate in a way where it's moving like it's cutting through water, not honey. Now the second bit is storing enough energy to make that happen. That energy initially comes from the animal contracting the muscle in the nathopod, which in turn loads that energy into some kind of spring mechanism. And Sheila's team isn't quite sure yet what that mechanism is. But how much energy can the amphipod store? in the material it's claws made of, or how far can it push that material before it fails? Sheila says, well, the answer is, the way to get the most energy out of the material is to break it, like to take it all the way to failure. That's what a jellyfish does with its ultra-fast-firing nematocyst cells. When a stinger is triggered, pressure in the cell rapidly spikes, propelling the dart coiled up inside to rupture through the cell. But that's not an option for our little amphipod friend, who'd really rather keep his nathopod long-term. So instead, he pushes the claw just to the limit of breaking. Sheila says the closer you can get to that, the more energy you're going to be able to get out of the material. But what is it about this material, like what it's made of or how it may be structured, that makes the claw so strong? Again, Sheila says, that's something we've been working on with engineers, because they're curious about how much energy you can really store in something without breaking it. And amphipods aren't the only crustaceans snapping away all over the seafloor. The aptly named snapping shrimp, aka pistol shrimp, wields a strikingly similar claw. It has a dactyl too, which it cocks back and fires moving a jet of water plus cavitation bubbles, which together knock its prey out cold. And then you have the infamous mantis shrimp, who wields double hammers that it cocks and releases with enough force to blow clams to bits. And that impact, too, creates cavitation bubbles, which helps to break through the shells. But what's fascinating to me is that these three distantly related crustaceans didn't retain the weapon from an ancient common ancestor. The trait evolved three separate times. So now this teeny tiny amphipod joins an exclusive crew of crustacean superpunchers. Lindsay Doherty is a biologist at the University of Colorado Boulder who researches mantis shrimp. She wasn't involved in this new work, but she says this fascinating work elicits childhood memories of where the wild things are, where the wild things roar their terrible roars and gnash their terrible teeth. In this case... The gnashing is in the form of a nathopod claw that exceeds 24,000 Gs. (laughs) For context here, you'll experience 5 Gs on humanity's wildest roller coaster, and you'd pass out at around 7. And the amphipod is doing all this through the viscous medium of water, not air. Lindsay says, never mind the size of the claw, which at a third of the animal's body mass would be like giving your friend a high five with a 50-pound thumb. I tell my students that anything we can do, nature does better. In this case, it's literally too fast for us to see. Strangely, though, in their investigation of 241 amphipod strikes, Sheila's team only detected those cavitation bubbles six times. If you compare that to the mantis and snapping shrimp, those bubbles are a pretty regular feature of their strikes. Snapping shrimp do it so often, so incessantly really, that the constant collapsing bubbles create a constant chorus of cackling in the sea. It's a mystery why these male amphipods are perfectly capable of producing powerful exploding bubbles, but don't do it regularly. At least not in the lab. And another unknown is why the amphipod would evolve such a formidable weapon in the first place. I mean, a male tends to mate with a group of females, so the claw may well help him fend off usurpers. Or before it comes to blows, snapping may convince rival males to retreat. Sheila says it could be for territoriality. It could be for mate attraction. I think this is going to be a Duke undergrad project for the next decade. Like what you learned? Subscribe everywhere you listen to podcasts and get more science news at wired.com science.